0: Good afternoon, morning, evening, wherever you guys are listening from. Um, here's another episode for you and the continuation of my uh, journey with a covert narcissist. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to back up a little bit because I did just kind of go back and listen and there's there's. A couple things I do want to say, you know, I, I think at the end of that episode, I, I did say things were okay. Um, they were never okay. I just want to clarify that. um Things were never okay. <laughs> it was, you know, a daily struggle as to is it going to be bad or is it going to be, you know, hell. Um, you know, in the, in the days that were okay by living with a narcissist standard is, is, you know, it's an okay day, but it would be a bad day for anybody else. Um, you know, I think that it really started to amp up, um, after the wedding, um, you know, that was kind of the okay phase for a little bit. And then there were some ups and downs. We ended up buying a house, um, and you know, at the wedding, even if I want to back up all the way to there, um, my best friend growing up, um, that at one point I tried to get him to come to me to pick me up, um, you know, where I was living, which was about four hours from where he was living and he wouldn't do so. Um, and then I find out that He's not coming to the wedding. He was supposed to be my best man. We promised each other since we were children we were going to be each other's best men. Um, He ended up getting married. And his wife, I feel like, you know, I don't know if she was a full-blown narcissist necessarily. Um, There was definitely some kind of mental disorder going on there. Um, But she didn't like me for some reason. Um, But she wanted her brother to be the best man in the wedding. Um, then I was, you know, down to a groomsman for his wedding. And then I ended up not even going because, you know, at that point after the groomsman thing, then um, they changed venues and they said it was just going to be close friends and family. And apparently I was cut off the list. So I should have known, but, you know, again, I didn't really dig too deep into, to, you know, psychology at that point. So, fast forward to my wedding he didn't go to my wedding um i offered to get him a plane ticket i offered to buy him and his wife a plane ticket i really wanted him there he didn't do it um i find out later that he went on a trip with her you know cross country to visit one of their friends that that she liked which definitely is kind of like a that would be like a very selfish trait of what a narcissist would you know force their partner to do um but i cannot you know clearly say that she was one but either way that was hurtful um and of course my narcissist was pretty much like you know screw him you can't rely on these people these you know nobody they don't care about you nobody's good you know for you um nobody's looking out for you like i am um that's what a narcissist wants you to believe they want you to trust in them they're going to tell you everything. They're going to shoot you straight. So I essentially kind of cut him out of my life for a little bit there, um, because of her. After that, I was really hurt by the fact that he didn't show up. Um, but I think it was partially due to the fact that his wife didn't like me and partially due to the fact that he didn't really approve of my marriage to this person. Um, so my other very, very close friend that I lived in Las Vegas with ended up coming down. He and another of my friends, we all moved from um, my hometown in New Mexico. I moved to Las Vegas. They ended up following me to Las Vegas. Uh, We were kind of uh, three peas in a pod for a while there, living out there, all sharing a vehicle. Um, It was was a fun time. It was it was fast. It was, you know, we were young. Um, We had a blast, you know, but um, he came down um, there were incidents that happened, um, what did or did not happen, I don't know, between him and the maid of honor, but they did disappear into the woods during the reception at one point, which is, um, you know, to a normal person, it's like, man, that's messed up, but it's kind of funny, it's a wedding, whatever, like, you know, people do crazy things at weddings, like, you know, and it was a, it was a big, you know, it was a big gathering. It was, it was, I was super loose about it. I didn't, I didn't care. Um, and the one thing that I, that did kind of bother me is that, you know, he and my other groomsmen and my, and her maid of honor, um, all decided to go to the bar the evening before the wedding instead of helping prepare for the wedding. um, And that made the narcissist super mad. Um, And she just kind of was ripping them to shreds and ripping her maid of honor to shreds. The maid of honor almost walked out and didn't even do the wedding. Um, You know, it was just kind of like she just turned into like, you know, her true colors really showed when it was her time to shine. It was her big event. Um, Narcissists need perfection. Um, They need the appearance of perfection. Um, and she was not able to control what other people did. And if she can't control what other people are doing, she wants no part of those people. Um, and that was, was, was clearly apparent, um, at the wedding. And she just kind of went off on all of them the night before the wedding. Um, after the wedding was over, um, and everybody had kind of gone home, it was just a constant beratement of my friends. Um, how old are they? They're acting like they're 12, you know, they're, they're grown ass men. You know, why would they do this? Like, they have no respect for you. They completely disrespected our wedding. Like he wasn't a good best man and blah, 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 blah. Um, this went on for a while and it got to the point where she was like, why are you even allowing this person your life? Like, this is somebody that clearly has poor choice in character. This is somebody that, has poor judgment, um, you know, he, he's this, he's that, um, and I didn't really feel that. I felt that, you know, he's a very loyal, very, um, genuine, um, honest person. And he just was having a good time and he (laughs) hit it off with a maid of honor. You know, it it is what it is. I mean, could it have probably been a little bit better? Yeah. But you know, whatever it, it's not worth ending a friendship over, um, crazier things have happened at weddings. Um, but you know, to the narcissist, it was, you know, the narcissistic injury, um, that it screwed up her day. And because it screwed up her day, um, she spun it around and projected it onto me and tried to force these emotions and with the constant, uh, repetitive nature of her, um attacks on his character um you know i eventually got to the point to where it was it was so awkward i ended up calling him um and telling him how i felt about it but it was almost robotic and he's like dude what are you talking about like we've done crazier things when we lived in vegas like what? what's like i was having a good time you know um and <laughs> i was just kind of stammering through my words and i basically like kind of broke up with him. It was like, I can't be friends with you. Um, if you're going to continue to act like we're still living in Vegas and we're still in our early twenties, I can't continue a friendship with somebody that disrespected me on my wedding day. I didn't even feel it. And I think he realized he's like, okay. You know, and he just kind of laughed. He didn't apologize. Um, you know, and then of course she asks, "Did he apologize?" And I said, "No. See, I told you he's such a scumbag. Um, you know, you don't need people like that in your life. You know, we're better than that. You're better than that." Um, there was I don't I don't know I don't <clears throat> feel like he did anything too crazy. So I ended up basically breaking up with one of my best friends. My other best friend, I pretty much cut out of my life after he never went to my wedding. Um, I mean, I was just losing, you know, my core group of people, you know, so after the wedding, I didn't have my closest friends, I didn't really have any, I mean, my family was there at the wedding, but they didn't know what was going on. I think that they saw glimmers here and there, little little snippets as time went on, but I, I mean, even at the wedding, she that was, you know, my ex's first time meeting my, my sisters, and my parents, um, well, two of my sisters, she'd met one of them before, but Um, you know, so she really had that mask on, um, that I'm going to impress the socks off of these people and, you know, he's safe with me and, you know, they were all so happy and they thought she was such a good person. And I just let them think that, um, you know, and sometimes I would reach out and call my parents and then you know the calls would go too long and then she would talk you know poorly about my father um he does have a little bit of a checkered checkered past you know as far as you know our relationship goes um you know and just kind of like trying to make me not feel comfortable trusting in you know my family um talking about how they're you know backwoods hillbilly blah 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 white trash um they're not there for you. They're not there for their own grandchild. They don't, you know, come down for holidays or they don't do this and they don't do that. You know, they've got eight different grandchildren at this point and all of them live fairly close to them um, in comparison to, you know, from the Southwest to, to the East Coast, uh, Northeast. So yeah, they're not as around as much, but that's not due to anything other than, you know, geographical location Um, and my parents just have a different style. You know, her mother is very overbearing and very much a a hovering, um, person. Her father's not in the picture, um, which has definitely, I think, led to a lot of other things. Um, her view on males, um, her abandonment issues, um, every time I tried to leave her you know she would scream that I was abandoning her and how dare I abandon the children and how you know it was just a constant um, attack on my character when the reality was I never abandoned my children I never abandoned my, my fatherly duties I was leaving a toxic situation for the betterment of myself and my children who did not need to be witnesses to the abuse of a narcissist and showing my kids that a father or mother, depending on who the narcissist is, should put up with that type of abuse because that's what they're going to emulate. They're going to in turn become the abusers or the abused children, and they're going to think that this is how we react when mom or dad gets this way, um, you just roll over and take it, you know, and that's what I did. And I did that. And, and I set a really bad example, and I do have some regret about that. And there's, there's things that I'm trying to work through with that and trying to build my children up has been very difficult because of the distance, uh, with COVID, which if you listen to my updates on, um, court sessions. I I should be getting my kids back overnight for the first time since COVID started on um, Thursday. So hopefully she signs the papers and gets this nonsense done. But um, yeah, anyway, so wedding happened, lost some friends, you know, distanced myself from family. My family thinks she's great now, so I definitely can't talk about her um, you know, in any kind of negative way in my mind, you know, I can't talk about what I'm going through. I'm too scared to, she's got, she would contact my sisters more than I would, um, which, you know, I didn't really realize it at the time, but it was more of just a a game, you know, and then she would take the words my sister said and twist them around, which made me trust my sisters even less. Um, you know, they said, you know, so-and-so said you were a loser speaking about my sisters and you know, she said you were a loser. She said that like, you know, you were in a band, but you know, you were always a loser in the band and like you were trashy, like you made it seem like you were so cool and like you were just a laughing stock of your town, you were just a laughing stock of this, and and like, you know, and and, and none of these things were said. I, I would go back and I would talk to my sisters about them. Um <clears throat> or you know, whatever it was about me. Um, or that I, I was just, you know, a bad kid, or I never communicated with them, or whatever it was. Like, I got away with everything. That was a big one um, for her. Um, finding out that my sisters told her that I got away with everything, um, that I could do no wrong, you know, and she, you know, you made it seem like you just had this horrible childhood, but it sounds like you got away with everything and your sisters got away with nothing. Um, you know, which my sisters probably possibly said well, they did say something along those lines, um, but not to the extent that a narcissist will take it. A narcissist will take your words. They will twist your words. Um, they will take other people's words, twist them, and regurgitate them to you, filled with assumptions, filled with embellishments, filled with lies, um, to deceive you into believing that these people that you thought you could trust, you can't trust anymore. They start rumors. That's what they do. It's called triangulation. You know, they they go back to this person and they go back to that person. They make, they want to know where you are. They want to know who you're with because they don't want you hanging out with people that, sh- you know, they don't feel loyalty to her. If they feel more loyalty to you, you are not to see them, and they will find a way to fuck up that relationship so that you're not with whoever it is you're hanging out with. You can hang out with their friends. You can hang out with their family. You can hang out with anyone they've got in their pocket, but if you try to go and hang out with people outside of her circle of trust, um, no way. She's going to find a way to ruin that friendship. And she did it to me over and over and over again. And I started to see the patterns. Um, I wouldn't even say it was too late. I mean, I saw the patterns. It was too late to salvage some friendships. But um, yeah, that that even within her group of friends, I started to bond um, with some of the the guys and like the couples we would hang out with and um, there were times where i would get really close with them and we would have discussions and then you know the husband would just casually mention something that i said to you know the wife and then the wife would casually mention it back to my narcissist not knowing that my my ex is a narcissist you know so they wouldn't really think much of it um, and the next thing you know it's this huge deal and Oh my god, you're so embarrassing. They were talking about you. You're such a loser. Like, what, you didn't think these things would get back to me? Um and just take, you know, some small snippet of like, why would you tell them we were fighting? Like you're such a, you know, dirtbag. You're so gross. Like it's so disgusting that you would speak negatively of me. Like you defend other other people, but when you talk about me, you never defend me. Um these are these are type, you know, the type of um guilt, shaming, um, type things that that occur when triangulation is present. Um so I didn't feel comfortable talking to anybody. Um they want to triangulate. So the more they do that and they drill that into your head, you know, it's almost like I'm watching you. I'm always gonna know what you're doing. I'm always gonna know where you're at. Um to where you get to a point to where even when they're not around, you're terrified that they're gonna find out you said something or did something. So even when I was at work around people that she didn't even know, I would still speak highly of her as time went on because I was so terrified that somehow she would find out. Even if it was just her showing up at the store to say hi to me, if she got a funny look from someone then she would assume that that person hates her because I was lying about her. Um, generally with other females Um, but you know anytime she ever had to show up to my work and there were other people there if they weren't just oh hi good to meet you oh blah 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 blah, you know groveling and so excited to see her um, she assumed that they all um, were brainwashed by me into thinking that you know she was an awful person and you know therefore she would always talk about how much of whatever job i was at i was a loser at um that the people at my work were losers um that they're trashy um you know i'm a you know 30 something year old man working retail which i was at the time um you know just belittling uh, my line of work belittling any kind of close bonds i'd formed with anybody there um because she needed to break down those walls so even when she wasn't present she knew that i was going to be on my best behavior um, and isolate me, you know, because the big, the big deal is isolate, put me on my own island where I have a giant idol (laughs) that only worships her. She is the idol. She is the only one I trust. She is where I put all my faith. Um, that's what they want. So that's kind of, you know, what happened? I mean, I, I didn't have any close friends. I didn't feel comfortable anymore talking about it. I I tried escaping so many times and I say escaping, like it's, you know, breaking out of Alcatraz or something, but I did feel like it was, you know, um, I just kind of gave up. And then once I kind of surrendered, that's where it really started to get screwed up too, because then I thought things were okay, but they weren't. It was just, I was her gopher. I was going for this, going for that, doing this, doing that. And the and again, like I said before, you know, the the goal posts, you know, changing of the goal posts. You know, you hit your goal, but now, oh man, now I fell behind on the cat litter. Now I fell behind on the laundry. Um oh now I'm gonna do the cat litter. Now I'm gonna do the laundry. Now I'm gonna do the dishes. Now I'm gonna mow the lawn. Now but you know what you didn't you didn't vacuum. Why the fuck wouldn't you vacuum? This house is a, is a disaster. You know and I, I would wake up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., before the kids would wake up, do laundry, make breakfast, make coffee, do the dishes. Um, If I needed a shovel, if it was snowing outside, if I needed to, you know, de-ice her car, if I needed to do anything like salt, you know, or or during the summertime, I would mow the lawn early before the kids would wake up. I would do these things diligently, and there would always be something that I forgot. I didn't take the trash out. Um, There's always something that is moving that goal so she didn't really ever have to lift a finger she never worked um while we were together other than trying to start up her own online business um narcissists by you know they don't work well with other people they want to kind of be their own boss they want to be able to control their own community Um, they don't generally work well with other people unless um you know when they do um sometimes they can blend in i mean narcissistic co-workers are are definitely something you want to watch out for in my line of work they don't really stick around that long um, but some of them get through the cracks and it'll last for so long but you know you can only fake it till you make it for a while but you know most i i read some interesting statistics about that the most ceos of large companies are narcissists which makes sense because they have completely zero empathy but they're really good at faking it um so anyway so she was always off on some business venture starting up some new name brand thing she was just being opportunistic off of whatever was popular at the time and trying to build her brand on brand on instagram and facebook and wherever else she could um trying to kind of get her name out there and then it you know it's almost like every year it was like this metamorphosis like this new change would happen and this new wave of energy this new wave of this new wave of that whatever was happening and trendy um she had to make sure she was ahead of the trend before most other people jumped on the trend um, she had to create this this personality this persona of who she was to the world you know and she called it her work you know i'm working you say that i never work but i work all the time it was a hobby she had hobbies, and I invested immense amounts of money into her businesses. Um, at one point, she was doing a, you know, skincare line that was all vegan, all organic, you know, fair trade, blah blah blah. You know, I'm buying all the products for her. She promises she'll pay me back. She never does. She basically just consistently. Sp- funneled money out of my account to pay for what she wanted me to pay for and then <clears throat> would claim she was going to pay me back and never would um and if i didn't give her what she wanted all she would do is complain um and say that i never let her in on finances and then the financial abuse would start in the you know the verbal attacks of how i'm poor with money and how i don't know how to manage money and, um, <clears throat> you know, why do we only have this much in the bank account? It's like, well, because I spent money on this, 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 this this for you, you know, well, I didn't know that you were that broke. Why wouldn't you tell me you were that broke? Well, I wasn't that broke until you started begging for, you know, this and crying about that. And then, you know, raking me over the coals and making me feel like a shithead for not giving you what you want, you know? So it's just, it's just this toxic cycle of just, you know, and there's so many different directions, but I mean, it got to the point where i just was broke all the time you know living with her we got married um after the marriage we bought a house um once my second son was born i lost my job um so once i lost my job it was about a week after my second son was born um it was hard and you know she narcissists when things are taken away from them it's very hard, um, for them to not be in the spotlight. So when the focus had to be back on me and finding a job, she was able to fake it for a couple days. Like, it's okay. You'll figure it out. I was terrified to even tell her. Um, I didn't know what to do. Um, I cried. I was just broken. I was broken. I'm in this horrible relationship. We just had a second child together. Um, You know it's like right when you've got enough things going on and then you throw more shit in the fan you know we you know she she i feel like she saw me pulling away and so she really amped her game up for a while right before she wanted another child um and she really put on a good show to get what she wanted from me that's how i feel um And it does align with what narcissists do, you know, she, she did come back to pretending like things were about us and pretending like she was trying really hard in the relationship and she was doing things and it was so exhausting for her, you know, um, so exhausting to just be nice, you know, (laughs) oh, painful. Um, but she was trying, so then, you know. Because she was trying, we should really try for another baby. We want. I want another baby. I think I'm ready, you know. And I'm just kind of like, mm, eh, uh, you know. And then, for you know, then it went almost like reversed back to the, uh, the love bombing phase and the idealization phase. And she would just praise me for things. And like I'm like, oh wow, things are really changing. Things are really getting better, you know. And then once the baby happened and the baby was born. I just kind of was like a yes man at that point. I was just saying, okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, then I lost my job. Um, around the same time, we did kind of get lucky with this, her father, who a big reason I feel like for a lot of the financial abuse that she does is the reason for it is because, you know, her father is actually, um kind of a silver spoon kid um his parents owned a a very large pharmaceutical company but he was kind of the black sheep um very italian very italian um like into some like crazy stuff italian <laughs> yeah um but While we bought the house, the reason we were able to buy the house was because he helped put a down payment down on the house. I mean, at one point we had contractors fixing up the bathroom and, you know, they screwed up on the tub and he basically showed up with two Italian goons and, you know, told me that he wanted his money back for the shit job they did on the tub. And uh, these two big Italian guys are like, oh, that's all he owes you. I'll kick his ass for less than that. And the next thing you know, the contractor's writing him a check because he's about to get beat up by some crazy like wannabe mobsters. It was It's crazy. Like That's the kind of guy her father is. Some kind of guy that'll just intimidate people into doing what they want, shows up, gives a bunch of money, and then disappears again. His parents died. Um, so her grandparents on her father's side died. And <clears throat> then he got a lot of money. Um, but what we didn't know is how much money he was spending, when the money was going to run out, and how that was going to happen. He only got his money delegated to him every so many years. Um, so every so many years, um, he would get, you know, lump sum of money deposited into his accounts. But, um, so his parents set it up because they knew he was you know, wasteful. They knew that he wasn't educated. He was going to burn through his money, um, but you know, I think that he had a lot of guilt for not being there for his daughter when he was there for his other children. Um, so with my ex, he would just show up and give her money, give her money, give her money. He never really wanted a relationship. He would just show up, talk for a couple minutes. Oh, here, what do you need? How much money do you need? I got, I got you two thousand dollars. Is that enough? you know, stuff like that. And, and so she based her love on gifts, gift giving, um, how much can you give me? Um, that's where her value is for men. It's like, what can men give me? Um, which is definitely not how I was raised at all. Um, mine is more through affection and acts of kindness than um i'm just going to throw a bunch of money at you see you later you know and i feel like the because there was no father figure in her life other than to show up to give her money her grandfather would overcompensate for the fact that there wasn't a male role model he would show up every day when she was in high school drive 15 miles in the rain and the snow go get coffee donuts bring them to her write little love notes every morning for her like i love you so much you know you're the great granddaughter Um, You're the best granddaughter I could ever hope for. Have a good day. Good luck on your test. You know, and just basically idolizing her every single day. Literally every day. Without fail, no matter what was going on, he would bring her donuts and coffee and write notes to her every day. And then he would give her whatever she wanted on top of it. Clothes-wise, money for this or that. But he also wasn't really that present when it came to emotional um to supporting them to supporting her. So her view of me was only as good as I can, you know, kind of just what can I do for you? Like what kind of things can I buy you? That's where she that's where my value was, I think, to her, based on what she'd grown up with for male role models. So anyway, so her father had a lump sum of money at this time. That's when we got the house, was um before our second son was born, actually, and then um, once the second son was born, um, I lost my job, and um, I kind of got in with him on this idea that the ex-narcissist was really pushing me to do. I wasn't comfortable with it. I thought it was a bad idea. She wanted to start her own business, and she wanted me to help her run it. She thought we'd be a great power couple and all this stuff, and in my head, I'm like, oh, fuck no. This is going to end badly and it did. Um, she wanted to start up a food truck. Um, you know, so I, uh, basically we had to figure out the logo design and we, you know, she was firing logo design graphic artists and hiring new ones and just burning through money. Um, and then we ended up doing a fundraiser Kickstarter. Her father agreed to purchasing pitching in to, you know, go half and half and then, and then kind of, you know, just kind of collect income from this, this food truck. Um, there's a lot to it, but basically I got screwed on that deal. I I ended up pulling out $15,000 out of my 401k, um, to buy this food truck. I didn't want to do a Kickstarter fundraiser video that was as expensive as the guy she wanted me to go to. She was like, this is the guy we have to go to guaranteed. We have to go to this guy. And I think it was because, you know, he was in with other businesses and he had esteem and, you know, clout within the, the, you know, community, um, in the city, uh, people knew who he was. He made top notch stuff. You know, he did, you know, videos for, you know, uh, Quicksilver, he'd go to Hawaii and, you know, down to, all, all these different places. He's was, he was really good. And he's a good guy. And, and I was friends with him for a while, but he was really good at what he did. Um, but, uh, she really pushed that I go through this guy. I was like, I could do the same video for $300. You know, um, he was going to do it for $5,000. So I paid the guy $5,000 to shoot a video, a three minute video. Um, for this Kickstarter where we're asking for, you know, $30,000. Um, we ended up getting $6,000. Kickstarter took like 500 of it. I made like a $500 profit when it was all said and done. It was a complete waste of time. Um, and money and energy. The one positive thing it did do is it did, um, create some, um, it did kind of create some excitement. Um, but then you know, when I went to buy the truck, I bought the truck. Um, he was going to fix up the inside. I got a used one. Um, I was going to get it painted. I went to tell her, her dad that I was going to get it painted. And then he said, Oh, by the way, um, you know, I said, okay, they're going to do it for this much money. I'm going to do it Friday. And he said, Oh, oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. That sounds good. Um, quick thing though, I'm not going to have the money for at least another two, maybe three years. And I just, kind of was like what <laughs> i lost my job i passed up really good job opportunities that people had referred me to that would have really kick-started my career in a very positive way and i passed up those opportunities for this dream that my ex had of wanting to Start this food truck that my heart was never in, and I think she knew that, and she kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it for like a couple weeks while I was trying to find a job. And I just kept looking for jobs. Don't you want to start your own business? Don't you want it to just be as a, us as a family again? You know, then she could have me isolated. Then she has me all to herself. Like I mean, she she doesn't have to compete with my coworkers. She doesn't have to compete with my work schedule. She can have me exactly where she wants me. Um, but at the same time. I would still be like living this life of victimhood where I'm I'm essentially a servant to everything she wants done around the house. When the hell am I ever gonna have time to work on a food truck if she's mad about the floors being dirty or the or the trash not being taken out after I've done fifty other things on the house? You know? I mean it was just it wasn't logical. But because she kept saying it and kept saying it and kept saying it, I agreed, then I ended up dropping massive amounts of money from my 401k into this project that literally went nowhere um and her father leased him a car or her a car that he put in my name um so he was paying the lease for her um he paid for her to get her license reinstated because she had a dui before i met her when she was like 19 years old and she got her license taken away and she never paid for that again. She never bought that. Um, he ended up paying the fines and getting that taken care of and then leasing her a vehicle. Um, about a year into the three year lease, he said he wasn't going to be able to afford the vehicle anymore. I had no job. I just dumped $15,000 into this stupid ass food truck that we weren't going to do anything with. Um, and now I'm strapped with, you know, her crazy ass, father's idea of wanting to lease her vehicle is now falling on me on top of the, you know, insurance and like I was jobless, penniless, like this woman had like completely broke me and and, and all she would do was complain about, you know, the car. She would complain about the car or, you know, I have to have this vehicle, I have to have this, this is, you know, my livelihood, I need it for my business, I can't show up to business things or events with you know, a crappy vehicle, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, Everything is about looks. Everything is about, you know, the appearance of success, even if you don't have success, as long as you have the appearance of success. So, I ended up taking a job, um, wasn't necessarily my first choice, but I had to do something. And at that point I did have pretty good credit. So I started getting credit cards. The job, got bought out by another company. And then my pay got cut. Next thing, you know, I'm living off credit cards because of her spending habits and her business that she's trying to keep afloat and all the pressure, um, that she'd been putting on me and the fear that I had of fighting with her. I didn't want to fight with her. I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to fight. Fuck it. Put it on the card, put it on the card, put it on the, like, I would just put everything on the card. Um, I got to a point where I didn't want to even tell her what I was doing because, you know, she would just say that I'm bad with money when really, you know, I'm just afraid of her. I'm afraid of the fights. I'm afraid of arguing in front of the kids. Um, there was just so much there, you know? Um, so that's kind of the, the, that's kind of the okay, you know? Um, we tried going to therapy a couple of times, um. Little little, um, side note, pro tip for you guys if you're dealing with a narcissist currently. Do not ever say that they're a narcissist. Do not ever call a narcissist a narcissist. It will send them into um, what they call a narcissistic injury, um, which will in turn turn them into a rage monster. Um, I was told not to do that, but it was kind of after I had already done it. Um, and it was a really bad idea. Um, what ends up happening is, um, you know, first they just get angry. Um, B, they try to question you on if, you know, I, I mean, it's at least with, with her, she you know, do you even know what a narcissist is? Do you even know about this? Do you even know about that? And I start rattling off a list of things and, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, she does research on what narcissism is and then she does research on it and realizes, um, You know, tries to twist my story, twist the stories, gaslight, 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 which is a narcissistic trade. But then she, you know, you're the one that's gaslighting. You're the one that's projecting. You're the one that's doing this. And so then she would say these things to me. You're guilting me. You're shaming me. Um, You know, this on for a while. And then she was like, he's just a narcissistic asshole, you know, to her friends. It was crazy. So don't do it. Just, you know, side note, don't, don't, don't (laughs) ever. Um, so we started going to therapy, um, our first therapist was early on before we got married. I think it was right. I don't remember when it was exactly in there, but, um, it didn't work out. Um, I think, well, I know she felt that, um, the therapist was focusing too much on her and her history and her past. And she didn't feel that that was a very effective way to communicate what was going on with her relationship with me. Um, She definitely felt targeted, um, mainly because I think the therapist realized that she needed more work than I did. Um, You know, the last one that I went to, the last session I went to with my therapist, um, our first couples therapist we had, she didn't show up for because she just said, you know, she had more important things to do um, at that point she was doing her modeling and she was trying to do her modeling career and she got a good gig for modeling so she just cut out i had the last session with the therapist by myself and the therapist basically said like i don't know if you guys are going to stay together i don't know if you're going to separate i really don't know at this point um she wouldn't tell me directly like what her opinion was necessarily narcissism is such a hard thing to diagnose because they're so good at covering it up when they need to cover it up they can put on a happy face and play the victim and they're very believable stories um, so therapy is very very difficult to accomplish anything for a narcissist unless they're really open to admitting that that's what they are but they usually will not stick around in therapy with the same therapist long enough to find that out. Um, As soon as they think the therapist is onto their game, they'll split and they'll use any excuse on why it didn't work out. Um, So I went to the last session alone with my therapist, um, couples therapist, and she said, essentially, I might need a a month or two. And at that point, maybe that was accurate. I might need a couple months of therapy Um, kind of get me back on the right path. Like there's definitely some, some anxiety that I'm feeling, but you know, she's going to need years if not for the rest of her life. That was, that was the therapist's words. Um, and again, because I'm trained so well by her, I was too afraid to even use that, even tell her, you know, she would throw a million things in my face and I would just keep everything to myself all the things I knew that people would say about her, I would keep it to myself because I was afraid I would be blamed for talking poorly about her with said person that was speaking about her. Um, So there was that one. Then the second one um, we went to was after my, I think I had, uh, right before I left one of the times, Um, it was getting really bad. Um, It was after our second son was born. I left for about, two or three months, ended up moving back um, for a short amount of time, maybe six months to nine months before I ended up moving out again. And it was it was chaotic, but I moved out. Um, I was hoovered back in, but before I moved out, we went to this therapist and it was just, it was painful. The therapist, um, I don't think knew how to handle it. And it was so toxic at that point. We were just screaming at each other constantly. The second we sat down, it was just kind of like, okay, well, let me tell you, He's doing this and he's doing that and he's doing this and he's doing that and he's doing that. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, I kind of was to the point where I'd had enough. Again, I still didn't know what her deal was. I still didn't know she was a narcissist necessarily. Um, at that time, I, I started going to therapy. I think shortly after we began therapy for couples therapy. And that's when it all kind of clicked. That's when it all kind of came together. Um, and then I was also able to, um, open up and talk to my sister about it, you know? Um, so I called my sister. I essentially like, you know, i was starting to kind of prepare, kind of get my ducks in a row, start to maybe I need to find strength somewhere. So I called my sister that I'm closest to and confided in her at work because the only place I could speak to my sister without my narcissist around was at work. So I took like a two or three hour lunch break to speak to her, um, and just cried uncontrollably cried. Um, she was, she knew, she, she kind of knew things were bad, but she didn't know how bad until I told her. Um, and she was just kind of like, Holy hell, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. So, so basically I confided in my sister. Then I started going to therapy. Um, it was kind of crazy. It's almost like the, everyone's mind started kind of clicking on the same page. Um, my therapist actually, after a couple sessions said, do you think that she might be a narcissist? And I kind of paused when I, when I, you know, my therapist said that to me and I was like, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, because I didn't know what a narcissist was. I thought a narcissist was someone that was just, you know, vain, um, and out for themselves. Um, and, um, you know, she was very covert. She wasn't very overt with it. She kind of pretended to be sheepish and, you know, I'm like, I think there's more to her than just being a narcissist, you know? <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me. He was very nice. And I'm sure in his mind, he's like, you have no, fucking idea what you're talking about right now I'm sure that's what he was thinking (laughs) because I didn't um so yeah so so basically he recommended a book for me to read he recommended a couple books for me to read about narcissism one of them was walking on eggshells um stop walking on eggshells um and the other one I believe was called Becoming a Narcissist's Worst Nightmare. Um, and then later on, and, in in, you know, he did re- I recommend another one called Splitting, you know, when you're going through divorce with a narcissist. Um, There's a lot of good books out there, but I didn't read them. I didn't take them up on the offer. I didn't look it up. I said, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll look into it. I didn't look up on it, on any of it. I mentioned it to my sister. And my sister kind of was in the same boat I was. She's like, oh, no, I don't think that's... No, yeah, you're right. That's not accurate. And then my my dad, of all people, um, I guess my... You know, I told my sister she could tell my parents what was going on. Um, my dad, of all people, got curious about narcissism because of that. And he looked up some articles. And he was just kind of like, holy cow, this is... This is Nicole. Like I feel like all the stories that started to come out that my dad was hearing, that I was telling him, that my sister was telling him and um Yeah. Yeah, this is this is her. So um so he gave it to my sister. My sister gave it to me. And then, um, I read it and I was like, holy shit. Um, this is absolutely insane. So, um, then I realized what was going on. So then I went back to that card that my therapist gave me and it's like my whole mind just expanded and it was just kind of like these, these thoughts, these ideas, these, these things that she was doing, like it all just aligned, and for years I've been sitting there going, this has to be something, like, this has to be something, this has to be some kind of personality disorder, like, she's got something, but I don't know what it is, like, I just kept railroading myself, like, is she bipolar, Um, I know she's got body dysmorphia disorder, body dis. what is it, body dysmorphic disorder, you know, bulimia, basically, you know, all these different things, but there's so many things, it's like, what the hell is it? I can't pinpoint anything. So, I mean, it was just like my whole world opened up. It was just kind of like my mind expanded and like, you know, (laughs) oh, it was like a saving grace moment. I went back to my therapist. I was so excited. I was like, holy crap, I can't believe it. This is what she is. This is what she is, you know? And he was just kind of like, yeah, I thought if you actually looked into it, you know, you might you might see it my way a little bit more of why I was suggesting that to you. You know, he was trying not to be too, um, I told you so ish, but I know he wanted to, (laughs) he had this grin on his face, you know, like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, I I know. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So, I mean, and at that point on, it's like, I just dug in, I just dug in, I started researching and it was just kind of like, Holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. Every time I turned, every time I turned another page, every time I heard another story, just like listening to these stories, like, you know, it was just like the stars aligned. Um, And then I got scared because then it's like, okay, my mentality on anything I've done is if there's a problem, you fix it, but you can't fix it unless you know what the problem is. So you have to figure out the problem. And once you know the problem, you'll be able to better guide yourself to a solution Um, and so now I know the problem how do I fix it how do I fix it how do I fix it how do you fix being with a narcissist Um, you don't and I didn't want to accept that answer so then I got scared again you don't you can't fix narcissism you can do your best to try to manage it. You can do your best to try to live with it, but even the strongest people, you know, it'll break them down. Doesn't matter how rich you are. Doesn't matter how how smart you are. How many degrees you have. If you've never come in contact with a narcissist, there's no getting around it. Um, you can't fix them. You have to escape. You have to go no contact. If you can't go no contact, you have to go minimal contact. Um, These are all the things I was reading over and over and over again. I did find one book on, um, you know, how to cope in a relationship with someone that had narcissistic personality disorder. I don't remember the name of the book. I mean, it was a good book, but it was, it, it seemed like almost, it was unrealistic. And as I was reading through it and, you know, still kind of had that underlying message of like, if you can go no contact, that's the best way to do it, you know. Um, but if you choose to continue the relationship with the narcissist, these are the things you can do to make your life easier with your narcissist. And it was just like, I mean, it was just a cluster of emotions and craziness, and it's just I just didn't know what to do, um, how to get out of it, um, what I should what I should be protecting myself from, which, you know, I mean, I think, I think this is a good place to stop and, uh, kind of say that, you know, I mean, this is kind of where I started to plot and plan my escape. Um, and I did have one more therapy session with a third therapist that I set up for her as a personal therapist, because she dealt with, um, you know, A big thing she dealt with was bulimic, uh, anorexic body um, dysmorphia-type disorders. Um, And so I thought if she liked her, since this would be a third therapist, um, if she can get in and she can really feel comfortable with this woman, maybe once we go to couples therapy, she'll have gained enough trust with this woman that we'll do couples therapy together, and she'll actually listen to what this woman has to say. Um, that was very wishful thinking I would have one-on-ones with this woman and I would tell her like, listen, I've got a therapist and my wife is a narcissist and she's this and she's that and she's this and she's that, you know, and you know, a lot of times, like this is, this is what was suggested to me by my therapist. Like, just listen, like watch, like watch our dynamic, watch what happens. Um, but she never classified or told my ex she was a narcissist either. I don't know really how you do that. As a therapist, I don't know, because they're not going to take it. They're not going to take it easy, especially my ex. She wouldn't have taken that. If a therapist would have told her she's a narcissist at any point, she would have, like, flipped shit, you know? So it was wishful thinking. Um, that one ended up falling apart. Um, I think because we were kind of, like, in therapy at one point, she said she wanted, or I think I told her I wanted a divorce because I was done, and I think that's also partially due to the fact that I found out that, you know, she was, she was, uh, you know the the things I discovered about narcissism. Um, of course, I, it wasn't done immediately. I was still living there, which I'll get into on the on the next episode. But uh, man, there's so much I left out. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm still going to go back. I mean, there's 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 so many different topics and different discussions we can uh, navigate through on a more detail-oriented basis. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and sign off for now. Um, I'm going to end this chapter of my um, journey with a narcissist um, here. Um, If you do have any um, questions or if there is a topic on a future episode um, that you do wish to discuss or something that you think, um, you know, you're really interested in that you just want to, you know, email me back and forth about if you think you're in a relationship with a narcissist or if you're trying to escape a relationship with a narcissist and how to kind of gain some strength to, to do so. Um, let me know. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, have a good day. I'll try to not make it two weeks in between this next time. It's just, you know, with court and everything else, uh, going on, um, uh, my life is kind of upside down right now. So uh, thank you guys for listening, um, and thank you to everyone who's reached out to me um, with positivity about this, and there, there have been some people that have reached out to me that I hope I've been able to kind of be a good support for, um, and I hope that, um, you know, you guys keep me updated. Um, have a good day. See you next time.